Megan. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And this is Talking with All, where we discuss real life problems to help you understand how fight and flight and unsupportive meaning takes over your life. Another great episode, hopefully. Yes. I don't know yet. We've had (laughs) some good feedback. We have had some good feedback from our first one that came out. So Yes. And thank you. Thank you, everybody, who gave us feedback. It's really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, because we've got some good information and a good message to spread. And, um, yeah, the support's support's really appreciated. It is. Yeah. All right, so what are we talking about today? So today we have a question submitted. Why am I seeing the negative in everything? I feel like I can't be positive. And I guess that's going to feed into the um, this like uh, toxic positivity a little bit that can be. Yeah, around. we see some so much of that, don't we? And it puts a lot of pressure on us to be or do or say, yeah. be a certain way. Yeah, it does. And be I think a certain way. Also makes us feel less. Um, yes. When we can't, and then that's going to feed into the fight flight response. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think we need to sometimes we need to remind ourselves too that what we see when we're looking at this positivity is the veneer. Yeah. We all have a nice veneer that we want we keep very polished. That's the hair and the makeup and the clothes and the perfect shots of your house when it's tidy. Uh those those sorts of things are the veneer mm. and um but yeah, we start measuring ourselves against other people's veneers and yeah, it's not the whole picture. And um, it's quite toxic. Yeah, yeah. And why do we see the negative then? Why? What, like, I know why. <laughs> <We're> just, <laughs> you know why. <laughs> we are getting, yeah, like wh- why do we see the negative? So it does come back to flight and fight. And yeah. we are biologically and uh, evolutionarily, if that's a word, Uh, driven to look for the negative or look for a pessimistic outcome. And this is because we wouldn't survive otherwise. So imagine you're walking down a path and it's like a path in like, I don't know, the forest or something, and you hear rustling in the bushes and a tiger leaps out in front of you and you go, oh, my God, tiger, and you get away. The next time you walk down that path, if you hear bushes rustling, you're not going to go, Oh, it's probably birds. Mm. You know, oh, maybe it's just the wind. Is that the wind? You're going to go, oh, my God, that could be a tiger again. Mm. You might stop and you might go, I'm going to go the other way or yeah. go a different way. So yeah. this is ev- this is the evolutionary part of it. So the, we've learned that by anticipating or predicting, and we're predicting animals, by predicting what the likely outcome is going to be, are we going to survive that? Mm-hmm. We're one of the few animals that actually does this prediction stuff. Yeah. Uh, so if we just did the, oh, it's probably birds and kept walking and it was a tiger, we'd be lunch. It, we'd, that'd be it. We'd be yeah. done. Yeah. So we need to look for the negative. That's a really simplistic explanation about why we're looking for or, uh, a negative outcome or a, po- um, a pessimistic outcome. Mm. But then why do we come, why does it become so obsessive in our brain? Yeah. And that's because we, we have discovered in our own life that being in survival mode being in flight and fight keeps us alive. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not about living. Yeah. It's about surviving. Yeah. So if we can't see a threat immediately in front of us, there's no tiger, we'll make them up ourselves. That's what in um, the Chinese philosophy, Chinese medicine philosophy, they refer to as paper tigers because these are the tigers we invent for ourselves to be afraid of. Yeah. 
And that's so we can deliberately keep ourselves in a flight and fight state, keep ourselves ready because Mm. sometime in the past we weren't. Yeah. So not only is it coming from evolutionary drive, but also we've had an experience where we weren't ready. We weren't prepared. We didn't notice the bird in the bushes and the tiger leapt out and it cost us. And I think you can see this in in examples of um, people who will come in and have a session around a particular thing that's bothering them. They're focusing on the negative of it. We did a session around that. And then next time they come in and they're focusing on the negative in something else. And it's because they still haven't worked out enough. So they've sorted that problem out, but they haven't worked out enough of the puzzle to not constantly be on alert. So they're just finding another threat in their environment to keep their defences up, to keep themselves safe. And I think I've, you and I have probably both had experience of that. Yes. With people. Yeah. Yeah. And the big question they ask is why? Why why am I now not obsessing about this and I'm obsessing about that now? Why is it shifted? Yeah. And the reason is because that that unsupportive decision, we've talked about this in other videos, um, the unsupportive decision that they've made in relation to their life or in relation to themselves. Yeah. Um, So that means the meaning making that they've made from this has been I'm less in some way. And that's not a uh, living happy, joyful experience when you think you're less. Yeah. So now I have to protect against other people noticing that I'm less. Yeah. Um, I've got to stay on alert with that. So even though they're directly reacting right now to something that doesn't make them less, because they know that they are and they need to be in survival about that, they'll keep doing it. It's because of that unsupportive meaning so that yeah. they've made from this. So they've made some it- decision about it themselves. Yeah. And I think if you could go into the less a little bit more, like when you're saying less. Yeah, so I don't measure up. And that that keys into our bonding as well and how we are accepted into our tribe or our herd, whatever you want to use, whatever words you want to use around that. So that's when I think that I don't measure up. People will think I'm stupid or I'm lazy or I'm this or I'm that or whatever. I'm not a good mom. <laughs> yeah, not a good mom. I'm terrible at this. Why do people talk to me people. because... I'm, I'm, why do people have a conversation with me? They must think I'm stupid. Why are they talking to me? I don't understand. Even they might even have these thoughts about their friends, Mm. uh, that their friends think they're stupid. And this is all keyed into what we've talked about before about when we're in a bonded relationship. So when we're in a bonded group, we know we survive better Mm -hmm. because there's collaboration. There's, uh, we work together. We look after one another, all of that sort of good, happy hormone thing that happens when we're in a bonded group. Dopamine's really big in this one as well. So when we're in a bonded group like that, we know we're going to survive. So we get an opportunity to live. Mm. When there's a risk to that, when we when we know we might be kicked out of the herd, we know that our chances of survival now have dramatically reduced, not just a little bit dramatically reduced. Mm. Unless you're Bear Gryllis and you really know how to survive in the wild, if you don't have a bonded group that you're part of, that um that support one another you just know that you're not going to survive so again we've got evolutionary we know this from that but also just you see it every day in people that are isolated alone etc that they don't have that bonded group so when they start to suspect that there's this relationship is in trouble the first place you're going to look is yourself Mm. You're not going to go, oh, it's because Mary's a a cow and she just doesn't like me. You're not going to do that. Um, What you're going to do is what have I done? Yeah. 
And as soon as you start to think, oh, maybe it was because of the way I talked to Mary last week. Oh, I'm really bad at talking to people. So this is the decision-making that we're making again about ourselves, the meaning we're making from this. It must be because. Yeah. So the reason that I'm getting frostiness from Mary, she might just be having a bad day. Yeah. Might have nothing to do with you and probably doesn't. We often have a very inflated, we have an inflated sense of our own importance in other people's lives. We really do. But that uh, feeds into that negative bias and that negative that we Yeah, of, so, we're so we start thinking at. we're the problem. Yeah. yeah. If that happens enough and then you have that, like you just said, negative bias, and that re- means I've got negative evidence that's reinforcing this as well. Yeah. So I get some evidence that if I shut up, Mary's nice to me because yeah. maybe she just heard some good news and now she's happy and she's talking to you. But yeah. we're going to make it about that interaction and me in that interaction. Yeah. And what does that so mean? In, and, and then we're going to go, oh, see, it was mm. me. Yeah. So I am less. I need to be more careful around relationships now because I already know. And by that less, I mean I'm not as important as the person that I'm dealing with. Yeah. Or I'm not as important as I thought I was. Mm. Can't be important it's, because look what's happened. There's just so much more to it than. Oh, we could talk for days. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we could. We and do. <laughs> and do, for sure. But so yes. that that sort of we go back into, I feel like I can't be positive and I guess we just have it drilled into us. Most places we turn, um, positive mindset, be positive. But when we're in fight and flight, it's not you always just can't. Yeah. Because being when did being positive save you from a tiger yeah when you when a tiger left in front of you you didn't go oh your fur's looking awesome today yeah that didn't save you yeah so it's not going to I guess some people can do it because they're not in fight flight about the particular thing I guess but if you're all in flight and fight about something about something that's right and we've all got uh we've all got the ability to be in flight and fight about something as well because it is a survival mechanism we all have it yeah. In relation to something, we're going to have fear. Yeah. Uh, but it's how we're wired to, yeah. to think this way. So whether you fear of loss or fear of change or fear of failure, fear of success, doesn't matter what the fear is. Yeah. If if I discover that I didn't measure up in the moment, yeah. That's when I've made that's that's the important part of this, and it's missed everywhere that you read about flight and fight. Why do you stay in flight and fight? Mm-hmm. And it's the decision you made about yourself. Yeah. What can't you now do? And that's that why experience? the life experiences, each individual person's life experiences are going to impact what they can and can't do. Yes. And that's why flight and fight looks different for everybody. And that's yeah. what I love about resolve because it's, as Val says, it's the putting the person back into the story. Yeah. So it's- flight and fight, we can talk about it very generically, but I love what I do because we're actually dealing with that person's experience of flight and fight, which is completely unique to them. Yeah. It's fascinating. Love it. It is fascinating. And it just plays out in so many, there's a lot of similarities, but there's so many differences as well. Like you can still see similarities in patterns because how humans, I don't know, use whatever their abilities are, but they're still connected to individual life experiences. Every time. Yeah, I think what you're talking about there is symptoms. So we're yep. going to see this, the way the symptoms play out. So people are going to have panic attacks if you've got anxiety. 
Mm-hmm. And, you, and you're at that level of panic. And that's just another flight and fight response. So there's similarity between panic attacks. Mm, this yeah. person's going to do a panic attack the same way or similar way to this person, to this person, to this one. There's a lot of commonality, particularly when you're talking about physical symptoms. Yeah. Those are really easy to measure. They're easy to see. They're easy to describe, yeah. easier than yeah. what's going on in here. So what's yeah. that in response to? Yeah. Because yeah. anxiety is just trapped energy that you're mm-hmm. trying to you can't run and you can't fight yeah what are you gonna do with it yeah that energy potential is building up and, you're, and then you just it's got to go somewhere yeah so um that's what anxiety and then you don't go into a panic attack so yeah yeah which is have i got off topic I, I'm, um, I'm i don't know because i don't think so because <laughs> they're still looking at i mean all this you know why why am i seeing the negative in, in everything and anxiety can be impact like that can be yeah and well, well, i think we've also got, well. yes yes mm. we we're talking about threat assessing yeah too because that's yeah. where part of this the pessimism and the negative thinking comes on is that we're threat assessing it's yeah. part of a flight and fight behavior because we're trying to avoid that threat yeah. occurring again or occurring because so, so we're why either are we trying to avoid it. the threat it's because we're trying to avoid how we feel yes or we've been and think and think relative to the threat Yes, Whatever it's how it, it how it made us feel, how it made us think about ourselves, mm. uh, and that's what we're trying to avoid. I, I remember a person that I talked to, a, a particular client who was in a domestic violent relationship, and she had a problem with white cars, mm-hmm. and that's where my phrase "the white car syndrome" comes from because it was a white, specifically a white Commodore, yeah, and um, which was a for those of who aren't in Australia, is a sedan, large sedan, and. So she, she, every time she would see a white Commodore, she would be like, is that him? Has he found me? Mm. That's a threat assessing because that's now associated with that experience that she had. So yeah. now, she, now white car, that's all she sees. She yeah. doesn't notice other color cars on the road. Yeah. And if she, she particularly noticed it, she said when she took her um, child to the park and a white Commodore drove past and she mm. said she was just rooted to the spot immediately went and got a child got in a car and went home she's she only been there five minutes just yeah. so t- it wasn't it wasn't him they weren't even in the same state anymore yeah so it wasn't it's not about um probability yeah how likely is it yeah. it's the possibility that it was and that yeah. flight and fight was just going to kick in it's just gonna kick in you can't stop it and i mean in that situation you can explain an actual pinpointed trigger yeah but not we can't always do that because the subconscious potentially has thousands of triggers into a pattern yes that we yes. Don't and that's why with. we don't we don't bother with other than it's informative we don't bother with triggers yeah yeah because you can't possibly find all of them no you know the the balloons flying off that um that are attached to the car yard that you drove past immediately before you had your accident your subconscious will remember there were there was like the balloons there yeah but you won't remember it consciously you'll remember the because you're you're focused on the accident yeah and then suddenly now balloons flapping around in the wind triggers you and you're like what the Mm. why is that triggering me yeah yeah so that's why we focus on a we need to know what your symptoms are because we need to know are you in fight are you in flight are you in freeze are you in faint what part of flight fight are you in Mm. that's just informative to us because the main thing is why are you still there yeah why are you still responding to an event as if it's still happening today? Yeah. And that's the negative thinking. That's what I want to keep myself in flight and fight. 
because I know I'll survive. That's the part of it. That's the knowing I'll survive. So that's why the negative thoughts keep going round and round in our head. A, we can't resolve them. And by resolving, we can't find a meaning that makes sense to us to attach to it. Yeah. So there's that problem. But also we're pessimistic by nature. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, well, I think that's pretty good coverage of that topic for now. I think it'd be good if anyone had any comments or questions or if they wanted us to dive into anything a little bit further, they could let us know. We've got a little bit more time. Do we? Yes. What would you want to add to it? (laughs) Uh, Like fascinating for me as you were speaking, there's even, it's not even what you can see in your environment from that subconscious perspective or what you can perceive, but it's what's going on inside of you as well. Absolutely. At the same I think that's probably the biggest picture. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be um, the food you're digesting or you know, the time of day that it might be relative to what your body's. What you're listening to. Yeah, what you're listening to, what you're thinking. What you're thinking. I think the the biggest thing is what you're thinking. Our brain is all about, or our mind, I'm going to say that, it's all about connections and relationships, what's connected to what, what's related to what. Yeah. So it's all of those relationships that cognitively we're just not aware of. So we just don't sit there. And what I mean by cognitively not aware of is when we're sitting here, you're not aware that your heart's beating. Yeah. That's not something you have to think about to make it happen. Yeah. Can you imagine if you had to remember to breathe? I think someone studied it, haven't they? I don't know. Yeah. I I feel like um, Nilva has a, has a time on um, how long it, if you have to think about it, how long before you die. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. that'd be really, I'd be interested. I'll have to ring her and ask her about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I've heard her speak about that. Yeah. Yeah. So because it's one of the things, there's so many processes that are just, I'm just talking about physical processes going on in your body that you don't have to think about. Yeah. Like digestive so food or food moving down um, after yeah. you swallowed it. Yeah. And so then you move that away from the physical into emotional. There's a whole lot of emotional stuff that you're experiencing that you're not aware of. Yeah. Aren't we tend to only notice the extremes of things? Yeah. So we notice when we're really happy or we're really sad, mm. unless you with unless that's one of your tigers, what your mood yeah. is, then yeah. that you'll notice it all the time. And then there's the thoughts. They, they estimate there's you know seventy thousand plus thoughts that you're having in a day. Mm. So yeah. off you go. You you tell me your seventy thousand thoughts. Yeah, It'd take exactly. you days to even even if you could bring them to mind. Yeah. So there's so much going on below our level of cognitive awareness, what we're focusing on, what we're listening to, what we're feeling, what we're thinking, all of those sorts of things, so much going on. And I haven't even gone into energy and Mm. um, cosmos and all of that sort of influence (laughs) that we have. I haven't even touched on any of that. So, so there's a lot going on. So the, the ability to be able to access that, that level of thinking, Mm. that's what I find really amazing because that's where the change needs to be. And it's hard to get there. Yeah, with conventional therapy, um, yeah. it's hard to get there when just by talking about it. Because if you're not aware of it, mm. I mean, a skilled therapist will be able to help you become aware of it, and yeah. you might get there in two to three years. But who's got that sort of time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one. How do resolve? <laughs> well, we love it. Yes, yes, mm. we do. Yeah. So yeah. I think that awareness of um, knowing that back to the negative thinking and what's going on in your subconscious. 
I think you were talking before too about the toxic positivity that we see or Mm. the, the, and I was talking about veneers, is that being kind to yourself and your thinking Mm. is really important with this. And I think it's really, really hard to do when you're in flight and fight because, again, when was being kind going to help you from a tiger? Yeah. Um, that That's a little nuanced too because in today's society there's another flight and fight which is friend. Yeah. Um, and this is a strategy that people use in threatening situations in order to diffuse tension is they will friend. So they're not fighting, they're not flighting, they're not freezing, they're not fainting or collapsing. They I, use had, friend. I had an example. I was on a train yep. station and um, there was a man walking on the train station and um, yelling and just drawing attention to himself and a bit like flying his arms around in the air and a a bit threatening to some people if that's, you know, he wasn't overtly going and threatening people. But if you've got stuff around that, it could feel a bit threatening. And the station, people at the station, the station guards or masters, I don't know what you call them, they came over and they walked up to him and they said, oh, what's going on, mate? Yeah. So they used that. Um, Very I mean, Aussie I don't thing know that do. they were in fight flight, potentially the station people, but I certainly thought, oh, I wasn't worried, but for myself, I was with my husband and I was thinking, hmm, this could go a bit south. <laughs> and they came over and friended him. And then he actually looked at me, this man, and he said, so love to me like the man who was and I said that's okay that's okay because I was probably doing a little bit of it as well yeah you don't want you and don't want to escalate it you want to diffuse the situation yeah. I, I think there's there's a lot of people that are in professions that know how to do that friending to diffuse yeah. situations because it does make a big difference um in calming tensions and I think Aussies are particularly good at it with the, the mate yeah we say mate a lot yeah uh so it's like and it's and it's a term that's not um, derogatory. So when you say it to somebody, they're not going to get offended or upset about it. Yeah. So it's used very deliberately by people to sort of go, just just bring it down, just bring it down. Yeah. So because mates don't do that to one another. That's no. that's what it's keying into, and that's your bonding again. But I think that's why it works. some people when they do the friend, and they respond in a way because you can't help it. Like if you are actually in a flight 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 situation and you do the friend. And then that's when you might be reassessing when you look back on the event and think, why didn't I just say what I wanted to say? Why did like, you know, why didn't I tell that person it wasn't okay or whatever? Because you're stuck in and that's when you're making meaning of it based on, um, yeah. Well, that happens when you're in freeze. So if you've gone into a freeze response, which is I don't know how to respond. Yeah. Uh, and then you later think about, oh, I should have, if I just said this and I just said that, and who who hasn't done that? We've all done that. Yeah. But it's recognising that the reason you didn't say those things is because you were in a freeze response in that yeah. moment. Yeah. That's the deer in the headlights. If I don't move, then I'll be okay. Yeah. The predator won't see me. Yeah. You know, hide behind the tree and don't move. Yeah. Uh, yeah. because predators are attracted to movement. So that's why the deer in the headlights is they will stand stock still because maybe they won't get noticed. Yeah. That's what we do. And when you're in freeze, has it ever saved you from the tiger in freeze by tell, having a reasoned argument Yeah. about, oh, this is what I should have said in that moment? Yeah, 
<laughs> so the the people, you know, those those um, workers on the railway station too, they were still still went into a flight and fight response, but they yeah. had been trained or knew about friending how to and how, how to make- diffuse. Yeah. So then if you've got confidence in the training that you've been given because you've tried it a couple of times and it's worked, you get that positive evidence going, you know you're going to give it a try. You also know yeah. that's your responsibility in the job that you have. Yeah. So yeah. police officers are good at this. Fireys are good at this. You know, wow. anybody that's nurses are good at this, at def- wow. diffusing those situations by friending. Mm. Mm. You know, um, or, or separ- even separating. You separate the person from their herd. Yeah. So you separate them out. Come, just come and sit over here and tell me about it. I guess separate, calm down. Yeah. And I was just going to say the interesting part that brings you back into, they're probably also trained to see the negative and um, be work able to anyway. work. Yeah. 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 Which is another fascinating, fascinating. It is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise friending with a tiger. No. <laughs> I don't think they're going to. He's not going to sit down and have, have No. A, Come, come over you. here and have a chat and we'll talk about why you shouldn't eat me. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> wish it did work. I'm sure there's people in India that wish that that it worked. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. All right. Are we, we done for today? I think we're done I think for so. today. I think so. And I'd just like to say to everybody, we do have an Instagram page. Um, it's at resolve underscore BN. If you want to follow along and know when we're releasing our next episode or if you want to make any comments about what you're seeing. Uh, and you can also hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. That'll help us if you like what you're hearing. That, that's the, the grey button down there. <laughs> I think it's grey and then when you hit it, it goes black. It changes yeah. colour anyway. It changes. So it tells you you're subscribed. And For if you us- don't know how to do that, then simply Google how do I subscribe. Yes. Yes, I know we're not all that tech savvy. I'm yes. Oh, and please send us, if you want us to talk about your situation and give us our, give you our take on that, then please direct messages and. um, And you can remain anonymous, of course. Yeah. So, or you can not. (laughs) Depends. Really lovely talking to you again, as usual. Yes, you too. Thank you. I think think my dog's just just come in to say a final farewell. So there he is. He's just sniffing the microphone. Don't lick that. So he's saying farewell as well. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. It's all right. It's all right.